It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Well, this week we're unpacking Eric's message, When a Pastor Leads a Double Life. And, and it's interesting that when you look at that idea of duplicity or hypocrisy, you know, <laughs> it, it is such a convicting reality that, that there should not be any stain, there should not be any spot, there should not be any level of shadow in our lives. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to open up to Hebrews chapter 4, and I'd like to walk through a passage just as it relates to this idea of hypocrisy and, and duplicity and, and leading a double life. Uh, it's interesting that in Hebrews chapter 4, the author is walking through, uh, in the first part, talking about this idea of rest. Uh, so here are the Israelites, they left Egypt, they wandered the wilderness for 40 years, and here they are, they're coming into the promised land, and it was a promise of rest. Isn't that an interesting thought? That when you think about this idea of entering into the promised land, and we know that the picture of the promised land in the Old Testament is really talking about the reality of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. In other words, it is the life that you and I get to experience. It is that life that is to be full of fruit and milk and honey. Isn't it interesting that that place is called a place of rest? In fact, Jesus even said, hey, come unto me and I will give you rest because he is our rest. But it's interesting, as you're walking through Hebrews chapter 4, there's all this talk about rest. And he gets into verse 11, and he says this, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest anyone fall by that same pattern of unbelief. Isn't that interesting? There is this funny irony in this passage that we should do all that we can. We should strive. We should labor in order to enter into that rest rest. I just love that idea. And then almost as a turn of events, there is this crazy verse that seems out of place. Look at verse 12. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, for the word of God is active, uh, alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and to spirit of joints and, and marrow and, and able to judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So you look at this idea. Isn't it odd that the writer of Hebrews is going through this, this progression of rest. Hey, enter into the rest. In fact, strive, be diligent, do all you can. Work like a dog in order to enter into that rest. And then he just makes this quick turn and he says, oh, hey, the word of God is active uh, and alive and sharper than a double-edged sword. And hey, it's going to pierce you and it's going to judge your thoughts and intents of the heart. And isn't it weird how... It is just odd to me to think, how on earth does the Word of God have anything to do with rest? But let me give you an illustration. I just love this idea. You realize that the writer of Hebrews says that the Word of God is like this sword. It's like a scalpel, maybe if you want a better term. Now, obviously, he is talking about a sword. But maybe in our idea, think of like a hospital table. Uh, you go to the hospital, and what do you do? You, you climb up on the hospital table, and you rest. You rest your full weight upon that hospital table. And then what does the surgeon do? Well, the surgeon takes his scalpel, this knife, and he comes into your life and begins to make slices. You know, he starts to make these slits in your body. Why? It's not to harm you. It's actually to bring forth 
healing. So what are you doing? Well, you are resting upon this operating table, and this surgeon comes in, and he begins to, to, to do something that appears like it's going to be painful, but it's for the purpose of healing, restoration, and health. So take this back into this passage. I find this, this really interesting concept that the writer of Hebrews is talking about rest. Hey, labor. Hey, strive. Enter into this promised land of rest. And when I'm on this place of rest, what's going to take place? Well, the Word of God is going to come into my life, and like a double-edged sword or like a scalpel, is going to come in and make all these slices and dices to bring forth healing restoration. Now, hold on to that thought and come down to the very next verse, verse 13. The writer says, There is no creature that is not revealed in his sight, for all things are bare and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Uh, this last weekend, I was with some good friends of mine, and, and we were just talking about some of the insights that God, God was giving us, and, and one of them said, I, I've been really stuck on the Hebrews 4 thing. And we were talking about this whole progression. It's just interesting that you, know, you go from rest to this idea of the Word of God. And again, it's a beautiful picture. I think the hospital, hospital table is a, is a great illustration for that. But he said, have you looked at verse 13? We were beginning to look at this thing. I was so stirred and I was so moved this last week on this passage. And I, I want to share the insight that my friend gave me. Because I just, I really, I really love this thing. And it's just been really uh, pressing me. <laughs> and I'd love to bring you into that burden uh, or into that pressing. Again, think about this progression. The, the writer is talking about rest. Hey, just, just like the Israelites came into the promised land and they experienced rest. Hey, that's what you should, that, that's what you should seek after. Hey, that's what you should go after. Just, just be diligent. Go crazy after this idea of rest. Hey, the word of God is, is a double-edged sword that's going to come into your life and it's going to start, start piercing your life and it's going to divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Get this. And it's able to judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So, hey, when I lay upon the operating table and the Word of God comes into my life, hey, the Word of God is going to be revealing things in my life. It's going to be judging my heart and my motives and my intentions and my attitudes. And, and that's what we need. We need to come to the Word of God and be exposed by the truth. But my friend says, hey, look at verse 13. Again, verse 13 says, There is no creature that is not revealed in his sight, for all things are bare, or the word is naked, and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give account. And my friend says, isn't it interesting that it is in coming to the Lord and laying ourselves before the word of God, and it is as the word of God begins to judge and pierce and to divide that our lives are revealed in fact, they are laid bare and exposed. Uh, that word there for bare literally means this idea of uh, stripping down. It's this idea of getting naked, <laughs> which is maybe a little awkward. Uh, but it, it, it's, to be, it's to remove all things that are prohibited. It's to remove uh, any of the walls. It's to remove anything from actually seeing the reality of what something is. Then that word exposed, it's really fascinating it has this idea to lay bare, to uncover, to expose. But the word is actually a wrestling term in the Greek. And the idea was is that in wrestling, uh, you're, you're in this wrestling match. And when this word happens, you grab someone by the neck 
and you throw them down to the ground and you pin them down to the ground and, uh, and they are exposed. And it's interesting, there's, there's a lot of similarities between this idea of bare or naked and exposed, but what's interesting on this, the emphasis of this expose idea is that, hey, when, when the wrestler grabs you by the throat and throws you down to the ground, which I don't think is legally allowed in wrestling today, but you know, back in the ancient days, they throw you down to the ground and they would pin you down, you would be utterly helpless. So think about what the writer is saying. He says, there is no creature that is not revealed in his sight. For all things are literally going to be stripped down. They're going to be made naked. It's going to be exposed. And they're going to be grabbed, thrown down to the ground, and made helpless. Or in this state of helplessness. I just, that is interesting to me. And the insight that the friend gave, I, 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 just, I just love this idea. He said, it's only when we are bare or naked and exposed before the Lord do we actually truly find rest. So think about this progression. The writer of Hebrews says, hey, you are to strive to go after the rest. Hey, just make every diligent effort to have rest. Hey, just really pursue this thing. Labor to enter into that rest. You know what the Word of God's going to do? It's going to come into your life. It's going to judge you. It's, it's going to divide the, the intentions of your heart and the motives and the attitudes and all that kind of stuff. And do you know what it's going to do? The Word of God is going to really expose your life. It's going to strip you down naked. It is going to hogtie you down to the ground and really reveal who you are. And then I just, again, I just love this insight. It is only when I'm literally laid bare before the Lord do I truly find that rest that the writer of Hebrews has been talking about. And the illustration my friend gave, which I just loved, was this idea of confession. See, in the midst of confession, I have all this weight, I have all this burden, it's just bogging me down, well, how am I going to do this? But in the midst of confession, uh, I, I come up to you and say, look, I, I really screwed up, and, uh, and I, I really hurt you, and I, I just deeply apologize, and would you please forgive me? Isn't it interesting that in confession, whether it's before the Lord or before somebody else, that it is in the midst of confession that we actually find rest? And yes, it may be hard, and we may be split down the middle, and there may be piercing. But when we lay ourselves bare, hey, when we expose ourselves, hey, when we allow no areas of our lives to be hidden, especially before the Lord, we can actually enter into true rest. See, there's a rest that takes place when I come to the Lord and just say, Lord, here's my life. And isn't it interesting that so many of us try to hide the realities of our life from the one from whom nothing is hidden. See, God already knows, but when I'm trying to hold it and I'm trying to hide it and, I, and I'm trying to not let it be exposed, see, that, that cripples you. See, you start getting kinks in the neck because you're always looking over your shoulder, you know, just to see who might be watching you. See, you just begin to, to live with all this guilt. You just begin to live with all this pressure. You just begin to live with all this. What would happen if we came before the Lord and said, Lord, would you search and try my heart? Would you see if there's any wicked way within me? And could you somehow strip me down? Could you make me naked? Could you expose my life? Could you grab me by the throat and throw me down to the ground, hogtie me, and make me helpless? And in the midst of that exposing, in the midst of that being laid bare and made naked, could it be that I could actually truly find rest? Could I actually truly find the hope that he has promised? Could, could I allow myself, again, and it's all connected to the word. You understand that? 
Because it is the word that begins to do the exposing. It is the word that, that judges the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's when I come to the word and I bring myself under the authority of the word and I say, oh, the word of God. Hey, could, could, you, could you look at my life? Could you analyze my life? Could you, could you search my life? Hey, could, could you see if there's anything that's being hidden within my heart? And when I come and I, and I repent and I bring that before the Lord and I say, hey, God, I, I don't want this to be hidden. I want to be laid bare before you. I, I need to repent of this. I, I, just, I, I can't let this continue going on in my life. See, when I live in a constant state of being naked before the Lord, being fully exposed to him, in the midst of that reality, as I consistently come to the word of God and let the word of God try my heart, search my heart, test my ways, I will find rest. That is, that is such a brilliant, that is, that is so beautiful to me. I mean, that is just overwhelming to me. That it is the word of God that wants to expose and examine my life so that nothing in my life is hidden, so everything in my life is before the Lord, and so that he can radically change me. And in so doing, I will experience peace. Again, we're unpacking this idea of when a pastor leads a double life. Do you realize that for so many of us, we, we have these hidden sins or, or we have these secret areas of our life or we have these cabinets or corners or closets in our life that we don't want anybody to know about. In fact, we try to even hide it from God. Could it be that, would it be possible for you to come freshly to the word of God for you to say, Lord, I, I want my life to be examined by this book. I want my life to look like you. So, Lord, if you say that there's to be no lying to happen in my life, then I'm going to agree with your word. So, Lord, there's, there's, some, there's some dishonesty. There's a lack of integrity. There, there's lies in my life. Hey, Lord, your word says that lust should not be a part of my life. And I have to come before you and admit that, man, my mind has just been full of junk and my eyes have been looking at things that they shouldn't have been looking at. And, and Lord, I, I want to confess that I am not as I should be, and I'm willing to expose myself. Lord, hey, this word says that I am not to be greedy. Hey, Lord, this word says that I'm to... See, could you come and would you allow this word to examine and search and try your hearts? Hey, would you allow this word to see if there's any wicked way within you? I love that verse, Psalm 139, verse 23 20, and 24. The psalmist says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. See, could that be your prayer? Would you not allow there to be duplicity in your life? Would you not allow hypocrisy? Would you not allow this double life that is just so rampant in our culture today? See, I, I want to be a man of one thing. I, I, want to, I want to be a person that no matter when you look at my life, I'm the exact same person. That I act the same way, I talk the same way, I live the same way, I think the same way. I am just one person that I don't have a double life. Well, how's that going to take place? Oh, I've got to come to the Word. I've got to let Him search and try my heart. Would you let Him examine, or would I let Him examine me? And would I allow this book to begin to just pierce my life? And in so doing, oh, I want to be exposed open, revealed, unveiled before the Lord. And in so doing, the promise oh, is that I will experience rest.
I want that for you. Oh, would you go after him afresh today? Hey, would you seek him? And would you let him see, search and try your hearts? Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Note that our live in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume on weekdays this coming June at the Ellerslie campus in conjunction with our discipleship training season. Thanks for listening.